This is Hustle and Pro with Kelly Walker. Join Kelly as she talks sports with players, coaches, organizers, and entrepreneurs from Wee League to Pro. Now here's your host, Kelly Walker. Today on Hustle and Pro, it's all about baseball. We'll be discussing the youth baseball scene in Frisco with Daniel Himmel. Daniel has a unique perspective, uh, both as a parent of collegiate athlete, but also through the eyes of his baseball tournament that he and his wife Carrie launched several years ago. But first things first, let's learn about Daniel with five fast sports quick hits. You ready, Daniel? That's right, let's go. All right, favorite all-time athlete? Favorite all-time athlete would have to be, I'm a big Cowboys fan, so um, uh, Troy Aikman was right in my wheelhouse, so. I've always loved Troy. All-time favorite team? Dallas Cowboys, for sure. Favorite sport to watch? Favorite sport to watch? Uh, football. I don't, I don't watch it. Uh, yeah, football. There's, there's like starting to be like a thread here, but football is my favorite to watch. Favorite sport to play? Man, favorite sport to play. Man, I don't play a lot of sports. I enjoy tennis. Tennis is always fun to pick up a racket and go play. Farthest distance you've traveled to watch or to play sports yourself? To watch or play? I, I did Ironman Cozumel in 2009. That was a pretty far trip to do something sporty, I guess. It is. All right, let's switch over to talk about baseball and um, tell me a little bit more about your, uh, your family's sports journey. Well, I, we have a pretty crazy family. So we have, we're a blended family of five kids. Um, so this can get pretty weird, but I uh, married my high school sweetheart who had a, who had a, uh, who had a child very young. I'm her only dad she knows. She passed away. Uh, so I have a daughter who's 32, 32, and we have a 20 year old and 19 year old and two 16. So we have this crazy, weird, modern family. Uh, but sports and sports and has always been, all of our kids have been athletes. Uh, Catherine, our oldest. Uh, was always into martial arts. She was a great soccer player, and she actually went to college on a wrestling scholarship. And she even got in a little bit involved of, in some MMA stuff later. And then, but all of our kids have been involved in volleyball or baseball. Uh, currently, right now, we have a college baseball player, and we have a junior wrestler. And then, um, our kid is probably the best athlete; could care less. So he's kind of the hippie, but uh, does. For one year, he thought he would try every sport, and he excelled in everything. He has the the, the body type that would probably uh, do better and naturally more athletic than probably any of the kids, but he can care less. So we have um, the whole mix, but it, it's always been a thread in, in, in our family is, is the athletes. Just like it, in Frisco, it seems like every family is that way. I guess that's why we were voted best place to raise an athlete, but it's always been a, a big thread in there, uh, mostly focused on baseball the last five or six years because we have a college level athlete and we have a business in baseball. So, Right. So you talked about um, the body type to, to try and play different sports. I am curious because this is a conversation that's constantly um, talked about. What is your take on specialization and should kids play everything and try everything and get different skills or do you think it's best for them to focus or pick a certain age where they're going to focus on a sport and specialize? Yeah, that seems to be a lot of the talk um, right now. And I feel like I just because we just went through a recruiting cycle getting our son to play college baseball. And, um, man, I think 
It's really hard. It's hard enough to. It, it depends on what level you're going to go try to play at. If you're going to try, if your aspirations are to go to college and beyond, it's hard enough just to get to play at the college level. In Texas, it's even hard to get on the high school teams these days. So, um, my take on it is, is maybe in middle school, that's the time to do a lot of different sports and try different things. But if your aspirations are uh, to go any higher than that, you're, you're going to have to focus on one thing. There are those you know, freaks of nature that, you know, that one kid I think is out of OU that he was a dual sport athlete, but that's one kid in the whole nation that could play at a high level like that. So my opinion is I would start focusing down as you get to high school. It's rough on your family too when you got different sports to take kids to. Uh, you're kind of rolling the dice with, you know, every coach is created differently. So if you're if you're a baseball player and a football player and you've got to put up with those coaches you know not every coach is a great coach and they put stress on your family uh, and then also as parents you have obligations to each other too so if it's just one more sport you've got to go to I think you're missing out on date nights you're missing out on doing things for yourself so it's it just at some point I think it becomes too much and then once you get to college like you know talking to my son's baseball baseball coach he's like there's not a chance like if you think you're gonna play for both you're not like put it into it right now as soon as they started recruiting he was like you're just not and um at a workshop we were at where he had a we do a thing where parents get to ask him questions uh and they ask him this question a lot and he's like absolutely not like if if you think you're if you're coming to my school and think that you're gonna be a, a multi uh, multi-sport athlete he's like you're not playing for my team like i i'm recruiting baseball players so that's kind of we just went through that, and I think that's a pretty fair, balanced thing. Did you guys plan and expect for your kids to get to a certain level, especially now that you have a college athlete, or were you a little more laid back about it? Uh, we're super laid back about it. Our college-level athlete, we were, it was a gift where he's completely driven, and actually he, you know, I, even though I run a baseball business, I'm, I don't consider myself a baseball guy. I got into baseball because he was into baseball, and he quickly learned more about baseball than I ever did. And I see parents pushing kids and stuff like that. We never had to do that. He's always been very driven to do that. And like I said, we had that one. We have one kid that he would he would be a great athlete, and he wanted to try everything one year, and he tried everything, uh, and then he didn't want to do anything the next year, and we let him do that. So we've um, we've always been pretty laid back about that. But in hindsight. It's such a great gift to, to um, the student athlete in high school to have that peer group from a team around him. And I think that's a lot of the trouble that you know, some of the youth have where they're getting in trouble at school is they're not held accountable to a coach there. They're not held accountable to, to a, a, a peer group there. And our you know, middle school matchup is a lot about that. That's where it builds this peer group and it, it builds you know, a lot of these kids that don't think they're good enough to play in high school Hopefully we give them the idea that, you know, you are good enough. And if you could just hang on to high school, if you just hang on to high school, I think really your life changes at that point. It is so important uh, to do, but it's getting so hard. Like the athletes are such good athletes, especially here in Texas, especially in Frisco, playing in North Dallas area. Making your high school team is hard. Like it's really hard. So That is one of the questions I have for you. From your perspective, what have you seen as far as the baseball development and talent here? And are we in Frisco, are we turning out players that are good? Are they better than average players? Are we, you know, where do we sit as far as baseball talent in this town? Wow, it's, that's a good question. I feel like 
I shouldn't be able to answer that, but I feel like I'm a really I'm really good at answering that because we just see so many players. We know like every player that plays high school in in Frisco has played come up through middle school matchup. Uh, so it feels like we know them, and then you know our son just get you know he's a freshman in college now, just getting out of out of that. It feels like I have a pretty good grip on that, and it feels like there's a lot of kids that come out of Frisco high schools that go on to play college, and then we you know we've even had a couple pros recently. Um, but it's a challenge because we have these small schools, you know. So it really kind of dilutes that talent where you don't, where colleges aren't putting a spotlight on these major legacy teams because the talent is diluted. I can only imagine, like, um, you know, if Reedy and Wakeland were still feeding to one school, like how strong some of these teams would be. So we they dilute the talent, and I think, and I've heard coaches baseball scouting coaches say that we don't know what team is what team is great when a when a good player is coming out of a Allen baseball team or um, um, Highland Park or a team that um, Flower Mound Marcus the colleges know those names so they know hey if you won district MVP at in, in Flower Mound we know what caliber athlete you are they don't they're still trying to find their bearings here in Frisco and they don't they don't they don't really know yet so great athletes um, it's small teams uh, so you know your chances of making the team are better but ultimately it almost serves a, a disservice to the athletes because they don't get that momentum of these big giant teams that go really really far um, like the prospers and things like that so it's a it's a catch-22 I would say but right. great athletes here because sure. then you're you're, but you're getting more. You're giving more athletes a chance to play. Chance to play. But not a, as many to chance to play for recruiters or to be in a powerhouse team. Right, and recruit, and a lot of you know, it's very easy for college coaches to just go after those powerhouse teams. Like that, that's a that's their beacon. Like, okay, Prosper has. Sure. Who are the Prosper starters? I know that those any of the Prosper starters can probably play for my team, and uh, they can't do that yet with with the Frisco things because there's so many moving parts. But now they they are realizing that out of Frisco, the top-level talent out of Frisco can probably play anywhere. So I want to talk about middle school matchup. I know you've mentioned it a few times. Uh, when you rewind back, what, six years now? Yeah. Or, or maybe a little more? To the beginning of middle school matchup, when you set up the tournament for your son, you probably didn't dream that there were going to be thousands of kids joining in and playing with you. Um, tell us a little bit about what this tournament is and how it's, where it is today, I guess. Yeah, so the story on that is, um, as most people know, that's probably listening to this podcast in Texas and in most places, there's no middle school baseball. You can play for your football team, your basketball team, track, volleyball, soccer, no baseball team. Typically, the reason is it's a single-use field. During middle school, they bounce sizes. Pretty expensive to maintain that field. Um, over a beer with a friend, I, I was I said, hey, what if I got these kids to sign up individually, placed them on teams by their middle school, so that way they get to play with their middle school friends, just like the football team, just like the basketball team, regardless of your talent level. We know that there's recreational players. We know that there's major level studs, but they've they've been going to the schools with these kids since they were kindergarten. They don't get that experience, so let's do that. It was a funny little side project. Uh, our first year, I had the idea on a Saturday night, and six weeks later, we had the tournament. We marketed like crazy. We got 200 kids um, playing. It was pretty fun. It was very, very fun, actually. Uh, the tournament, the vibe felt different. Parents were saying different things. Favorite, favorite time playing baseball. 
kids were loving it. Um, after that tournament, uh, we just got an influx of emails about all these like personal stories about, you know, my son was being bullied, or nobody even knew my son was an athlete, and now, you know, he's got this new peer group, and you know, even helped our son. Our son was a single sport athlete, but a great baseball player, but nobody really even knew that because uh, they're all spread out on these different select teams, or what have you, and. He got on this team, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, Jackson's a great, you know, great baseball player." And he was immediately his status, which is very important at middle school. Fortunately, unfortunately, was was one hundred percent elevated after that. It changed his life, and it started changing other kids' lives. And now here we are, you know, five or six years later, and we have thousands of kids, you know, playing just here in the Metroplex, hundreds of schools, thousands of kids, and now um, you know we're we're doing it in Houston, and um, um, we just we're opening up a market in Charleston, South Carolina, and Los Angeles, California. So, funny little idea over a beer into this little baseball empire of happy baseball. Yeah, happy baseball. I love it. So, how does how does the middle school matchup model complement high school baseball? Yeah, it's it's a perfect thing, especially here in uh, Frisco, where now we're down to like one. Sometimes there's one middle school that feeds. A high school, but basically it's about two. But there's even something like, like Wester here in Frisco feeds Centennial, and that's pretty much it. Um, besides some little pockets, so we didn't. At first, we had tra- we had trouble getting traction with the high school coaches. We were we wanted them to get involved. They're busy, and there's you know maybe some ego, and they kind of gave us the Heisman at first, uh, but they came around really quick. There's certain there's certain coaches here that have been since the beginning. Um, that have loved us, uh, Coach McGar out of Liberty. Um, he's been a big believer of this thing since the beginning. His kid actually started playing when he was in the fourth grade, so he's he played middle school matchup uh, five years in a row. And pretty soon, the coaches started realizing that we're delivering, we're giving them a preview of their um, of their high school team. And it's pretty like I know what teams are going to be good in high school based on how they did in middle school matchup. And it's pretty, it's very, very accurate. As soon as they checked into some things about is that UIL legal for them to participate a little bit that, as soon as they kind of got that cleared, then we got an influx where, you know, some of the coaches were coming down and, and coaching the teams or at least showing up at practice, sending their varsity players down to coach teams is one of our favorite things. Um, um, it's been great. So now we have uh, some really big, um, big believers in the program. So uh, Chris Cox out of Reedy. Um, and then uh, Coach McGar was, was is huge into it. Uh, Coach Rose, who just recently left over to Rockwall, uh, he had a kid come up through it. He coached some teams. Because otherwise, for them to see what their talents co- was coming up, they're spread around select teams. Right. And they would have to go really do a lot of legwork to, yeah. to look and see who's coming up. Yeah. Otherwise, with middle school matchup, they can be involved with the tournament and already start seeing and knowing who those kids and exactly. players are. Exactly, and, it, and it's going to work out great. Like, for instance, like this year in the eighth grade, the eighth grade team, Cobb, played Griffin in the final championship. Cobb won all three years, and that those kids are going to be uh, Wakeland's freshman group next year. And I, so they're going to be great. Like, I could already tell that that class is going to just completely dominate because they've dominated every year in in, uh, in middle school matchup, they were the only team to sweep it. They so they won in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. It's never even, never happened. It's hard enough to win one year because there's a lot of luck involved. But they won all three years, and that Griffin team has just been just as strong. They're all feeding into Wakeland, so 
that that look coach out. should be ecstatic. So, so look out, Lakeland yeah. baseball, in what a year or two? You say they're yeah, they're going to be freshmen next year. So oh, by yeah. the time you know two or three years, that class is going to be very very good. So that's great. That's something to look forward to for those kids to already. And I mean, it does help their high school teams when those kids are already playing together as teammates for Abs- the last couple of years. Absolutely, and it helps booster programs because yeah. the parents have been hanging out together. They know each other. Uh, and we, we get a lot of feedback from that. I remember some of the, I remember Lone Star, they, that team, a Lone Star high school team, that team came up through middle school matchup and played for a long time. And we got a lot of feedback saying, you know, it's our first freshman game, but it feels like we've known each other for years because we've been playing a middle school matchup. So, uh, and that was another, that was another great indication. Lone Star did not have a great program. They had a Stafford school that always did very, very well. Uh, in middle school matchup, and then just in the last two years, uh, Lone Star has been a, a kind of a threat in the top four that kind of came out of nowhere, and I, we saw it first in middle school matchup. So, but it was that happened on accident. The point of it is happy baseball, like yeah. you said. It's really just a chance for the kids to play together, to play baseball. It's not, it's not meant to be a intense competitive team or tournament. Right, and it never is, especially on the Saturdays when the pool play games are going on. It really there's. If you haven't participated in it, you know, I'd invite you to just come out and see it because there's just a totally different vibe on Saturday where it is, you know, just high fives and, and kids with their arms around each other and it's just totally different. You know, it's sat- Sunday when you get to the pointy end of the bracket, it's starting to get pretty competitive because those teams are, and it's by luck of where, you know, what middle school you go to, but some of those teams are very, very good. So it starts getting very competitive there uh, towards the pointy end of the bracket, but it, it's definitely just about happy baseball and, and, um, it's fun to experience, you know, these kids, some of the kids that are on rec teams, they're not as rec as they think, they're, think they are. And um, on the opposite of the coin of that, and this is usually more true, a lot of these kids that are on majors teams, they're not as major as they think they are, and, and they kind of meet in the middle and, and just build these bonds that they last a lifetime. They really do. Um, we have, for the very first middle school matchup, there was this controversial play in the championship, a uh, game about running the clock out, and uh, you get those boys together still, and they're these kids are, you know, college students, and they still trash talk, and they still complain, and they still about that one play. <laughs> and it, every time you get them together, it always ultimately starts going down to that. So they build these crazy memories that they would have never ever been able to do uh, prior to. Well, that's that. great. And so this baseball interest, though, for you in this business, isn't. A childhood favorite sport of yours like you wouldn't have ever guessed this was going to be your part of your life now baseball it happened because your son was playing yeah absolutely I, you know I I wasn't even a big fan of baseball I, I lived in San Diego when the Padres made their run and I and I got involved with baseball there but it was only for a couple of years that was in the late 90s never even paid attention to baseball my son wanted to play it like I, I let him play it and he was naturally really he he excelled at it really well, really fast, and he loved it, and we kind of just supported him through it. But I never in a million years would I have I thought that I would have a baseball business, that baseball is our life, and it really is our life now. What was your biggest sport as you were playing growing up as a kid? I, I played mostly football. Football. Yeah. And um, I never, I've never played organized baseball, not even Little League or anything. Never even, like, if you got me out there to try to swing a bat, yeah. I would look terrible. And that was that was probably a good thing for my kid because I was never able to to really coach them. Like, he quickly knew way more 
than I did and I was able to yield to his coaches, like I have no idea what I'm doing. I can't tell you how to pitch the ball. I could listen to what they do. Uh, so I wasn't able to put that pressure on him. Now I'd put them, his, some pressure on him, just performance and mindset and stuff like that, but I can't, I was never at a good point to coach him. Now I coached his little league team and I learned a lot from other coaches and stuff like that. That's a different level of coaching once they get to a certain point. Sure. So it was allowed me to let go and let him do his thing much earlier than a lot of dads that are taking him to privates and all. Like I was, I, I was able to just to kind of say, I I can't teach you anything. I like, think that's a bigger deal than you might realize because so many parents that already have that that knowledge or what they think is knowledge, they might be correcting what the coach is telling or changing what the coach is telling their kid. Absolutely. Or the intensity you know, hovering at practice or at games and the things that they're saying could be counterproductive to what the coaches are teaching the kiddos. Right, and I was, so because of that, I was, because I had no clue, no clue, I was able to, you know, what did your coach say about this? Or I didn't, it, I took that pressure off of him and instead of saying, hey, let's go in the backyard and try to work on your swing. I, I was think like, that's I have huge. Nothing, I have nothing to offer you, kid. You let the coaches coach them. Yeah. But the mindset and the encouragement and the hard work part of it, you're yeah. able to be yeah, here for that. That's my game. That's what I'm good at. Awesome. Well, um, tell us really quickly how parents can find out if they want to learn more, get involved, get their kiddos involved with middle school matchup. How do they find you and yeah, follow just, you? Uh, really easy. So just middleschoolmatchup.com. Uh, you'll get everything there. And then we're really active on the Facebook. So if you want to get the vibe of the tournament and see some interesting things just on Facebook, um, middle school matchup, uh, you go there and you'll see all this stuff with parents. And we have this photo thread every year from the tournament where, and you'll just see it. You'll see the parents posting these pictures of just these smiles on these kids' faces like you've never seen before. And uh, that's a really great place to kind of get this vibe. And then if you need to reach out to me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn at Daniel Himmel. Very good. Well, thank you for fostering happy baseball here in Frisco. I love it as a parent. Um, I think it's a great program for these middle school kids. I've seen it in action, and it makes kids happy. So thanks for that, and thanks for your insight and your time sitting down with us today. Yay. You're very welcome. It was fun.